This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Monday.com, an amazing tool that allows you to work the way that work works for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance. My guest today is Leslie M., former TV host and advertising creative director turned training guru and also the author of a new book we're going to talk about today, Swagger. Unleash everything you are and become everything you want. So Leslie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. I've been waiting for this. So the one word titles definitely lend themselves to this, but I ask a lot of authors this. How do you define swagger? Because it's unfortunately a lot of people's definition is probably that very narrow one about this really bold, you know, person that's out there and readers can't see it or listeners can't see it. But the cover of your book is rather bold. So tell me what's, how, how do you define swagger when people ask you to, to contextualize that term? So it is absolutely not that negative, the typical definition of swagger, which would be the in-your-face, peacocky, show-offy, arrogant, yucky, nobody likes that kind of thing. My definition of swagger is the ability to manifest who you really are and hold on to it in the face of all of that psychological crap that's going to come for it, regardless of the situation or environment. So it means you are the same person no matter where you are or no matter what is happening around you. And you do not allow all of that external stuff to change you. So how would that differ from say congruence, which some people might actually say, yeah, I'm, I'm being who I am. I'm congruent. My actions and my thoughts, and my words are congruent. How would that differ from swagger? I don't think there really is that much of a difference. I think the thing about congruency is that it is unique to each individual. They manifest it in their own way, which is very much the whole swagger jam. There is not one particular way to manifest it. There are not a set of prescribed behaviors in any way, shape, or form. Introverts manifest differently than extroverts. It can be quiet. It can be showy. It can be relaxed. It can be step back. It can be whatever you are. So, so there's a line uh, that I've, and it's actually part of your promotional uh, setup for the book. Uh, why are some people magnetic, confident, comfortable in their skin and in charge of their destinies? What's their secret in a word? Swagger. So I think probably most people listening, you know, can, can immediately visualize that person or the in their life that you're just like, wow, why does everybody like that person? Do we find ourselves trying to be that model? And obviously that's probably where we go wrong. Yeah, I think the thing that we gravitate to in this world are people who seem to be very comfortable in their skin. Right. And it doesn't matter what that skin is. It's just that they're comfortable in it. So they they don't seem to really be like a leaf in the wind. You Once you meet them and get to know them, you go, that's the real them. What you see is what you get. And if you like it, great. If you don't like it, they're not going to change for you. And they don't really care whether you like it or not. That's the beautiful thing about, about swagger. So in a sense, is swagger fully realized almost meant to be polarizing? And I don't necessarily mean that's a negative thing, but in a way, we all know that really cocky person who's very comfortable in their skin and that's just how they go through life. And some people are very attracted to it. Some people think it's the worst thing in the world. Is there an element of polarization that comes with swagger? I'm not sure that it is 
supposed to be polarizing <laughs> because it, as I said, it's so unique to each individual. So I know lots of people with swagger who don't really stand out in a crowd, Yeah. but you know that they, they don't live to please others. They're not trying to get people to like them. But the thing is that when you are that kind of person, sometimes the people around you, they don't like it so much because you're taking away their power to influence or control you. And not some people don't like that. So it can be polarizing in that from that perspective, in that if, if people feel like they're not going to have a lot of impact on your behavior, they can't bully you, they can't push you around, they can't control you, they decide they don't like that. That's not for them. <laughs> so as somebody who ha- who possesses this thing that we're calling swagger, do they know it? Do they realize the attributes of it and portray them? Or are they just being authentic? I think they're just being authentic. Yeah. I think it's just who they are. And I love the fact that when I point out to somebody, boy, oh boy, you've got swagger. They go, oh, I do. It's <laughs> so lovely of you to say. And then I go on to explain what swagger is. And they go, yeah, that sounds like me. That sounds like what, what I'm like. So there's a phrase that is really popular. And I swear it's gotten more popular over the last couple of years. And it's never made any sense to me. In fact, I see it as almost an excuse. And that's this idea of imposter syndrome. Mm. Uh, and a lot of you and I know a lot of authors and a lot of speakers who claim to be under that idea of feeling like I'm a fraud, but I'm out here and do they really believe me? And I, for, for whatever reason, I've always felt that feeling was an excuse to be mediocre. And so I wonder if you can join me up here on my soapbox and maybe unpack that. Move over because <laughs> I have things to say about this. So look, I, the, I, I never want to discount the imposter syndrome as being something that is not real because it is real. People feel it. They honestly do live with the fear that it's only a matter of time before some person, I don't know who this person is, but some person or some people stand up in the middle of, of the room and point to them and go, wait a second, you don't know what the hell you're doing. I just figured out you're an absolute fraud. And I, I think that that is really insecurity in action. That's, it, it's just another word for I am feeling very insecure. The, the reason that so many people experience the imposter syndrome is because they're in this fake it till you make it paradigm. Right. And when you're faking it, it's a legitimate fear that you're, you're worried that people are going to figure out that you're faking it because the thing that you're trying to fake is confidence. But the truth about confidence is you can't have it without competence. The only way that you get to have legitimate, unshakable confidence is when you have done a thing enough times to convince your skeptical brain that actually I do know what I'm doing. This is cool. Like I got this. I now have a basis of factual proof to say that I know the steps for this process. I've done it enough times. I could teach it to somebody else. I got it down. And if you've done that, you're good to go. And anybody could stand up in the room and point at you and you go, yeah, I said it. It's all, it's all good. I'm all good. But the, the problem for so many people is that when they're evolving or changing or they want to take a risk or they want to do something new, they get thrust back into that fake it till you make it thing. 
because they're, they don't yet have the competence that's going to lead to the confidence. So they're constantly back and forth and back and forth through this, which is why you should never fake it till you make it. You feel it till you find it. That is the secret. And let me tell you, the thing that you can always rely on when you're not yet at the place of confidence is self-belief. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different jam. It's a whole different thing. One of the things that I, and this is just my own personal observation, when I started out doing what I'm doing in a public way, when I connected with why I was doing it, you know, the impact I wanted to have, it was it became less about me. Do I know what I'm talking about as much as how can I have the impact? And that light bulb coming on just took away all of that sort of fear and doubt because it wasn't me performing anymore. It was me serving. Yeah, that is, to me, one of the key drivers of swagger is intention. Why do I want to speak my truth? Why do I want to bring my whole self to the party? Why am I existing in the world? And if one of the answers isn't to be in service of the collective in some way, shape, or form, then you're probably not going to be able to land your truth the way that you hope to, because then it's only about you. So when you're when you want to tap into all of the power of who you are, if you really understand how it's of benefit to other people, you're going to you're going to be way better off, way better off, because you can be in service of other people and also be in service of your own goals and your, your own aspirations. Yeah, let's. We probably have a disconnect if there isn't a connection between those two, right? It's like people that are trying to save the world. If you can't make enough money to keep the ship afloat, you're not going to save the world. Root connections. So I think we probably convinced people this idea of swagger is something worth pursuing. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. There are a lot of tools out there to help companies get work done. We recently switched over to a tool called Monday and we love it. At first I thought it was just a project management tool, but we use it in many ways to run our entire business. Marketing, sales, task management, even recruiting, and certainly project management. But what I love, the real difference with this one is that it has all these automations built in. So, so much of what we need to get done can be automated in a way that we don't have to keep paying attention. If something gets checked off a list, it gets marked, moved over to done, somebody gets notified. The automations are awesome. Check it out yourself at ducttape.me forward slash Monday. So let's break it down into okay, how do I do that? And, and I know a lot of it starts with some self-discovery, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. The, the first step is, is self-awareness. Yeah. You've got to understand where is your swagger getting stuck? Because if you imagine that it's the very root of you, the core of you, and it's inside in the place where it's most protected, and you're trying to literally bring it out into the world, when as you're trying to do that, you're going to bump into those blockers. Something's going to stop you in your tracks, or maybe several things are going to stop you in your tracks. And if you don't know what those things are, if you can't break it down and sift through it, it just feels overwhelming, and you don't feel like it's doable. So what I try to do is give people a visual model of what most people's swagger blockers are. So that they can say, ah, okay, yeah, in this situation when I'm doing this, oh, yeah, it's insecurity that I bump into. That's what stops me every time. Or, oh, God, no, it's the pain. I have memories of 
of how that went really badly in the past, or it's my ambition. I'm so afraid that if I do this thing or say this thing, I'm somehow not going to get the opportunities that I'm hoping for or whatever it is. And when you recognize what's holding you back in a more systematic way, you can work through it in a more systematic way. My wife has the unfortunate pleasure. No, let's see. The unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunate pleasure of having to, of getting to listen to me on the phone and in Zoom calls. Oh, that, that is not an unfortunate pleasure, my friend. <laughs> All the time. And I remember years ago, she, I got off a, a particular call and she said, you were really trying to sell that person some more. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, when you are doing that, you talk louder, you, you talk faster. You And I was like, it was a, it was a demonstration. Of, I think exactly what you're talking about. I, I was not as confident in that situation. And I changed my, my attributes or my way of dealing with, instead of listening, I'm talking louder. Um, and it, it was a real sort of eye-opening moment as I went through and, and read some of the ideas in your book. It was, oh yeah, that's, people do that. They put on an act when they think they have to be something. Yeah, that's usually, I, I, if I had to analyze you, John, if I would say that's you getting stuck in persona yeah. as opposed to person. Yeah. It was this persona took over because you felt like there was a prescribed way that you should be doing this and you got sucked into it yeah. instead of having the awareness to go, wait a second, this is not the real John Jans. What, what the hell's going on here? Like, how do I get back to myself? Hello, correction. But once you become aware of it, you go, you can flip it in a, in a moment. You can change it in the moment, which is a beautiful thing. It's not, it's not, you have to then go, okay, sorry, time out. Let me go back to five months of study and then I will come back to it. You can go, oh, I, I don't feel like I'm being myself right now. Let me just correct. So having said that, and again, I do the self-discovery. It is completely a personalized and you've made that point. Everybody's swagger is their swagger. But having said that, once you identify some things, is there an element of practice that, that, that for me, I'm much better, um, my swagger, if I can use your word, if I'm asking questions instead of uh, prescribing. And so sometimes I'll, I have to remind myself that I need to slow down. They don't really care what I think. <laughs> I need to actually listen to what they think. But that doesn't come as natural for me, but I realize it's more authentic for me. So how, how do you get people to, to create? Here's their five things they need to practice. And then how first of all, I come from the training background. So that's my jam. And when I wrote this book, I did not want it to be one of those, no, no insult to anyone who's written one of these, but one of those kind of fluffy, woofy, inspirational, rah-rah books. Yeah. I didn't want to get people all excited and all jazzed and then no substance. That was not going to do it for me. So I relied on my training background to really create a step-by-step, -step, hold right. your hand through it, stories of people who have been through all of these things, what happened to them practical exercises. I even made, and this is because I'm crazy town, I made a 40 page workbook that goes along with this book. Even though the book is filled with exercises, I was like, bonus, gotta create bonuses because I want people to be able to do this. Yeah. And I want them to know exactly how to do it. That was so important to me because otherwise what's the point? So there has to be practical, doable things that can apply to everybody wherever they are in their journey. And it has to be lasting because swagger is not a switch that you flip. It's not, a, oh, that's it. Oh, look at me. I woke up on Tuesday. I've got swagger. <laughs> I'm a badass. Beautiful. It is a journey. It's an ongoing journey. And your swagger will ebb and flow. It will slip. You will have setbacks. You will go, there's that voice in my head again. 
after all these years, it's still there. Okay, what's the tool that I use? Oh, I do this thing. All right, good. This is better. And over time, I think it gets easier and you get more present with it and you can make the changes faster and faster. But everything worth having, every evolution of the self requires practice. I even have an exercise in the book about practicing speaking your truth because a lot of people don't know how to. Yeah. Right? So it's, I got down to the fundamentals of all of that stuff. How does swagger play out? I think it's pretty easy for people to say, hey, I'm being me. This is the real me. I'm going to speak my truth. But you know, then they find themselves on a team where maybe not everybody wants to hear their truth or, or there's clashes. How can you use this awareness of your swagger to actually be a better team member? The, the key about speaking your truth is that if it's solely about you, you probably need to think a little bit, you know, because then nobody cares. We all fundamentally as human beings, we care about ourselves first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so there, you're going to bring me there, there goes Leslie again. <laughs> you better figure out not just what you're going to say, yeah. when to say it, where to say it, to whom do you say it, but back to that intention thing. Why are you saying it? And if you can't figure out those little breakdown pieces, there's a really good chance that your truth is not going to land. But if you can, for example, let's say on a team, there's something that's happening on the team that is holding your own performance back. Now, that's not a good thing because that means that you are becoming somehow the weakest link in the chain. Your limited performance will affect the team. So it's in the team's best interest to understand what might be limiting you and to understand how might they help you to do that. Because it's for them as well, but you've got to make sure that they understand, I want to do this for the team. Here's what I feel like is stopping me. Can you help me with that? Yeah, it's about you, but it's really about them. I think that people's, people need to learn how to frame their truth as being good for the collective. That's just smart money right yeah, there. Yeah. Smart money. You want your truth to land? It's like selling. If the selling is all about take the product, ain't going to work. But if it's about, hey, you have a problem and a real need. And now that I've taken the time to understand what that is, I'm seeing that there might be a very real way that what I have to offer could help you. So let's talk about that. Let's figure that out and see if that's really going to be the case. And the person goes, really? You can really solve my problem legit. All of a sudden, they want to listen all day long. But if you call up and go, hello, duct cleaning services, and the person lives in an apartment building, it's not going to fly. Do, do you, have you experienced that brands have or can have swagger? That brands can have? Oh, for sure. For sure. I find that the brands that, first of all, don't take themselves too seriously, I'm always attracted to because it means that they have a deeper insight into themselves. They understand their place in the world. And that they genuinely want to have a relationship with their customers because being able to laugh at yourself and to play and so forth is, is, a, is an indicator of a degree of humility and, and, and humanity, which I always have great admiration for. And I think also those brands who walk the talk but don't have to scream and yell about it and trust that they're doing their good work in the world will be recognized by other people. And it's very true. It's, I always, I'm always very suspicious of brands that go, we do good in the world. Yeah. As, I don't know. I might have something to say about that. Let's get into your bottom line and let's see how much of your profit you really do. And I'm like very skeptical of that. But when they just go about doing their good work in the world and I get wind of it and I go, oh, I only got wind of it 
because other people are talking about it and because it's had a genuine and legitimate impact, then I think that's swagger. That's badass. I love the brands on social media these days who are getting involved in other brands' conversations. Yeah. And they're funny as hell. And they find a way to not diminish the other brands, but just be inclusive. And they're supporting other brands in the, the process because they're entering into the game with them and having fun. But they're just making themselves look great in the process because they're being smart and witty and funny or whoever is operating their social media is being smart and witty and funny. But they're willing to do that. They're willing to walk the edge to do that. I love brands like that. So Leslie, tell people where they can find out more about your work, obviously, and, and the book Swagger. Well, you can find me at lesliem.com. All the good stuff is there about the work that I do as a swagger coach and as a speaker and, and as a, a training guru. Swaggerthebook.com will give you all the scoop on the book. You can, you, as of May 10th, you'll be able to get it on all of the fancy schmancy bookseller platforms. So please go check it out. And you can follow me on all the socials because I really do make fun of myself as much as I can. I have no shame. I just got to walk this wagon talk. So you can find me on, on Instagram at Leslie M Speaks. You can find me on Facebook at Leslie M Speaks, on LinkedIn at Leslie M, and on Twitter at Leslie M. Well, and we'll have uh, all the links in the show notes as well at ducttapemarketing.com. Uh, and uh, Leslie, thanks so much for, for just stopping by. It was great to spend time with you. And hopefully we'll be able to see you someday in person when we all get back out there on the road again. And then we will hug. All right, so that wraps up another episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And you know we love those reviews and comments. And just generally tell me what you think. Also, did you know that you could offer the duct tape marketing system, our system, to your clients and build a complete marketing, consulting, coaching business, or maybe level up an agency with some additional services? That's right. Check out the duct tape marketing consultant network. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that offer our system to your clients tab.